This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. During At The Movies, we take films and use them as stories to tell timeless truth that comes from the scriptures. And a lot of the times we get in conversations and we talk about our own personal origins, where our struggles come from, where we come from. And even at times we talk about where this movement of redemption, this, this church that we know today as the church of Jesus came from. And at and times we neglect to talk about geographically where this came from. There's a verse in John chapter 1. John is a very close friend of Jesus, and he writes a gospel. It's the last one of the four that's written to tell the story of his best friend. And in the first chapter, as he's setting up, every good writer in the early stages of their writing sets up the setting. Every good writer sets up the setting. And so John is helping us understand the background of Jesus. He begins with this beautiful poem. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's beautiful. It talks about the truth of Jesus being eternal but both present at the same time. And so in this beginning, Jesus uh, is described as being full of grace and truth. And then at the very end of this chapter, he's still contextualizing this story, setting up the setting. He tells us a story about two guys, Philip and Nathaniel. In John 1, 45 and 46, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there, Nathaniel asked? Well, come and see, said Philip. Come and see. Notice the words, Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's obvious that the, the setting in which the story of Jesus emerges from, this town that he hails from, Nazareth has a reputation, and it is not a good one. It is as such that when someone hears that someone is from Nazareth, they immediately expect a bad story. But yet, here Jesus comes from Nazareth. Some of you have asked that question. You've probably never thought of it this way, but you've asked that question. Can anything good come from? Can anything good come from my past? Can anything good come from my failures? Can anything good come from the places where I've missed the mark? Can anything good come from my family? It feels broken and fractured. Can anything good come from me losing my job? Can anything good come from... And if we keep going down the lines, if we're honest about the way that we think about where we're from, there are a lot of us that ask the questions... Can anything good 
come from Norwood? Can, can anything good come from New London? Can anything good come from Oakboro or Stanfield? Can anything good come from Albemarle? So I think that when you're from a small town, it's easy to feel certain ways about the town that you're from, the setting of your story. So let me just point out three of those. These are in your notes if you're taking notes today. It's easy to feel if you're from a small town that you have limited opportunities. When you step into larger environments and you look around, it's easy to assume that there are more opportunities that lay at the feet of the people that are there. It's easy to assume you have limited opportunities. Number two, it's easy to assume that you have limited resources. When you look across the landscape of what exists on, on larger scales, it's easier to say that there must be greater resources leveraged towards people that are in those settings. But coming from my story, I assume it's easy for me to think that I have limited resources. It's also easy for me to assume and to feel like I have limited relationships. As crazy as it is, you get a room this size, there are some of you in this room that you feel alone. You feel alone. You go to bed at night surrounded by people, but in your heart you feel alone. And you look in big environments, large cities, and you just think to yourself that obviously if I were in that place, there's more people, there's a greater chance for a relationship. And if we're honest, sometimes when we drill down on the way that we think about where our setting is and where our story is currently being written, sometimes if we just have to be honest, we've asked, can anything good come from here? Can anything great come from this place? But what if? What if the things that you thought of as a disadvantage are actually an advantage? What if the things that you've thought of because of the setting in your story, you've looked over your story and said this is a disadvantage. What if the things that you perceive to be a disadvantage are actually an advantage? What if? Now, I'm asking you to put your thinking caps on me and go through this with me because I, I want you to actually think about this. Some of us don't spend much time processing this. What, what if you actually have more opportunity here than you could in another environment? There are some of you that are in the room that you played high school sports. If you were in a bigger place, in a bigger high school, you would never have made the team. But you had the opportunity because of the setting of your story. You had the opportunity because of the setting of your story. What if you actually have more opportunity? What if 
you actually have more resources. Because when we walk into large environments, large cities, we see so much resource, but we neglect to understand that it's spread out among so more, so much more people. I mean, millions of people. What, what if you actually realize that, that people who live in cities most of the time hire somebody to come move them. There's not a person probably in the room that's moved locally that didn't have family and friends come show up and help them move. Right? Locally, that's what we're used to. Why? Because we have more resources. Because number three, what if? What if you actually have more relationships? What if you actually, because of the setting, because of where your story is being written, because of where God has placed you, you actually have more relationships? I know plenty of people who have moved away because of opportunities who long for the relational networks that they left behind at home. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, brother, sister, friend. I know plenty of people who have longed for that. What if you actually have more? What's, what's interesting is one of the greatest social researchers of our time, his name is Malcolm Gladwell, did a statistical analysis of success in academia. He did this study where he looked at colleges and people who had graduated from colleges and who was successful. And they created all these metrics to try to understand what success looked like. And here's what they came to. Everybody, pay attention to this because I want you to get this. They came to understand that the most successful people were not the people who graduated from Ivy League schools, but they were the top 1% of their class no matter where they graduated from. That the top 1% from Pfeiffer University was more successful than the bottom 50% from Harvard. That it mattered more where the story was being written, not the perceived resources and prestige. What if, what if there are advantages that we have tuned our minds to not see. I think there are advantages for us today. So let me give you three things that I think are advantages for us when we come from a small town, when we emerge and our story is being written in a smaller community. And the first one is that you can be known. You can be known. There's a power in being known. Now, some of us don't like that because we just want to go to Walmart, go in, get our diapers, and get out and not have five conversations, okay? But that's not the way it works in a small town. You're going to see somebody you know. You're going to have to stop and talk. But there's a beauty in that. Some of y'all have experienced that when you hit a hard time and people rally around you to support you because why? They know that you're struggling. This is why when we've had friends, all of us in this room have had friends who have had kids that have went through some very difficult, and what happens? Our community rallies around those kids. They do fundraisers. They create Facebook marketing campaigns to create awareness for the problem. Why? Because they're known. And in a big city, you're just a number, not a name. 
But in a community like this, a setting like this, you're a name, not a number. You're known. Number two, you can be supported. You can be supported. Some of y'all know this. You just take it for granted. You're getting ready to move. You just call a bunch of friends, and you know they're going to come over. <laughs> you know you know, because you've went over and helped them move like seven times, right? And you know they owe you one, right? But it also comes with some of you are not from here, but you have people that are here that treat you like family because when you're in a small town, that's all you know how to do is to do family. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I want you to understand that, yes, that you can experience being known and being supported. And then number three, you actually can have more access to opportunity. More access to opportunity. Like I said earlier, there's some of us in the room. I played all kinds of sports in, in high school. If I would have had to compete at a large high school to play for the playing time, I would have never saw the field. I would have never played. I was given opportunities that I, I would never have had in another place. We've experienced it. Some of you, because you're not just a name in our elementary schools, because they don't have tons of kids, you're not just a name or not just a number, you're a name. So, some of your, you have actually experienced what it's like to have a teacher care about you. There are kids in large urban settings that never experience what that's like because they're nothing but a number. Maybe you actually have more access to opportunity. Today we're looking at a a film that really helps shape this understanding. It, it, it's called October Sky. It's the real-life story of Homer Hickam and the Rocket Boys. All four of the Rocket Boys from Colwood went to college, all graduating, some becoming business owners. Homer actually became an employee at NASA, and for his entire career, trained astronauts to go into space. See, I think that sometimes we look at our setting and we don't understand the power that it has to shape our story. A friend of mine, like me and Amanda, planted a church in a small town before God sent him there, he, he went to God and just was complaining, God, why would you send us to a small town? Why? Oh, there's so many places, so many people. Why, why would you send us there? He said in prayer one day, just God answered him by telling him a story. He just had two thoughts. He just visited the White House, and he imagined walking through the White House Rose Garden. If you've ever been to the White House, the, the Rose Garden is the most beautiful place on the premises. There are so many flowers all around. It's just you're encased by beauty. He was walking through, just looking at the displays of flowers upon flowers, just beauty upon beauty. And then he felt as if God said, now I want you to imagine that you're walking in a downtown urban area, 
where the buildings are run down. And all of a sudden, you walk upon a flower that's growing out of a crack. See, the thing is, when you were in the rose garden, you didn't notice the flower. But now, in the middle of the absence of all the beauty, because of the bleakness of the setting, you actually see the flower. If you do something great in an area where it was unexpected, the world will stand up and notice. The world will stand up and notice. Today we're telling the story that happened 50 years ago of four boys who believed that they could do something great even though they came from a small mining town in West Virginia. And I want you to understand today that that's true of you and it's true of me, not because of our setting, but because of the kind of God that we serve. When Nathaniel went to meet Jesus, he said, can anything good come to Na from Nazareth? But all of a sudden, as soon as he met Jesus, as soon as he encountered the presence of the living God, he said, this is my king. This is the son of God. He recognized something great. And here's what happened. Nathaniel saw something great from somewhere that it was unexpected. But here's the thing about greatness. Greatness only comes from places where it's unexpected. That's how greatness works. And far too many of us have been sitting around using our setting, the current setting of our story, as an excuse to not be the great person that God called you to be. Can anything good come from my past? Can anything good come from my failure? Can anything good come from you fill in the blanks? I want you to know that God's answer is yes. Something good can come from it. Because even as Nathaniel saw the greatness in Jesus, Jesus looked at Nathaniel and said, I love this. As good as you see it in me right now, he said, you will see in me greater things. Let me, let me interpret that. There's more to come. There's more to come. You haven't seen the best days yet. You haven't seen the end and the precipice of your story. Don't limit your story by where you are. Because the greatness of what you can do, the greatness of what we can do, is not limited by us. It is only limited by the unlimited power of God. And I promise you that as we do something great here in a city and in central North Carolina, the world will stop to notice. Our, your past isn't an excuse your failures are not an excuse. It is now all about your decision to choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.